E ngā mana, e ngā reo, koutou rā ko tahuri mai ki te kaupapa nei, naupiki mai, naukake mai ki tēnei o ngā hōtaka ko Tiahikā. This is Tiahikā on RNZ. I'm Justine Murray. Countdown is on for Te Matatini, the largest Polynesian festival in the world, dubbed the Olympics of Kapahaka. The masses are set to descend upon the Wellington Regional Stadium in the heart of the capital in just under three weeks. Over the next few episodes of Te Ahika will feature discussions about Te Matatini with performers, judges and experts who share their knowledge about specific disciplines that each group must perform. We join Namoni Huata at her home in Rotorua. She talks about her role as a judge and her observations from the main stage. It's only here in the head to me. This is the reason why you judge. You've got to be sharp all the time so that you can guarantee each group that comes up. I'm always ready for the next group. You understand that? Because in fairness in the judging, you need to be like that. Tired or heavy has no place in the arena. The history of Kapahaka began in the early 1970s. The first group to win the top place award was East Coast, Ropu, Waihirere. Fast forward to 2017, the current reigning champions and holders of the Duncan McIntyre Award is again East Coast Group, Whangara Mai Tawhiti, led by Derek Nardelli. Coming up, Rhea Hall and Rob Ruha share their passion for kapahaka, why Rhea decided to hang up her poi, and the discipline that kapahaka taught them both. We had the Waiariki competitions here at, at the, at the Kiwi 2 in Tauranga. And I just remember loving everything about being surrounded in things Māori. I found I felt like I had a true sense of belonging. I was singing my own wayata. I was singing about my you know my own histories, own kōrero, and um, it just made me really hugely proud to be Māori. I fell in love with kapa from like the age of twelve. Kuiranga Kaupapa e Hariakine. That's coming up. Ruha is a member of the Kapahaka group Te Whānau a Apanui, based on the East Coast. He's the main guitarist and composes songs not only for Te Whānau a Apanui, but he's approached by other Kapahaka groups as well. But as you'll hear, it's been a bit like musical Kapahaka cheers. He started performing at school, then he joined the group Koi Koiya, Waihirere Bikind, Turangatane, Turangawahine and Te Whānau a Apanui. Before he took on the career-changing move of becoming a professional singer, Rob Ruha soaked in all that was around him. Te reo Māori, karakia, waiata tawhito or old waiata. All that would channel his energies into music composition and kapahaka. Here he talks about where it all began. 
all through school I performed kapahaka and then then in terms of senior kapahaka competitions and Te Matatini, my first kind of national competitions was back in 1996 in Rotorua with a group from Gisborne called Koi Koi A. And that group closed down at the end of 1996. Oh. Um, and then I was picked up by some of my aunties and then taken out to Waihirere. And I was uh, part of Waihirere Māori Club for, for a couple of years there. Um, and then was with them in 1998, and we won in 1998. Um, and um, I wrote the winning choral with a friend, uh, Mason Tehuya. I was 17 years old then. Um, and I also helped uh, write the tune, um, composed the tune for the winning action song, Erere Wairere, back then as well. Um, and then after that, I went to the Whanau Apanui uh, in yes. 19, end of 1998, uh, 1999, I was with them. And then we kind of like, uh, how do you say, had a scrap? <laughs> <laughs> Parted ways? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, kind of, um, so it was uh, uh, Whanau Apanui at that time actually wasn't going to go to the Nationals. So they were like, oh, go to another group, boy. And so, so um I didn't want to go to another group, but I was kind of like forced into the truck by another uncle to go to Tiranga Wahine Tiranga Tani. Oh, wow. Uh, and spent um, eight years in that team. And then I went um, overseas and lived overseas with my wife in Hawaii and then came back 2005. Apanui had just won then. All my cousins were going back to Apanui and they said, you've got to come back with us. So we moved home and we went to find Apanui and we've been there ever since. You could write a book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What has Kapahaka, I mean, what, you know, Ria talked about how it taught her discipline, how you turn up to Wananga and you do not act like, you know, you give it 110% on time, fully ready to perform. It's discipline. What has Kapahaka taught you? Yeah, uh, absolutely, all of, the, all of those things. Um, and uh, discipline in terms of, of being an artist, uh, meaning um, uh, character and, and fully diving into the fibres of your music um, and not wasting a second in terms of live, live, the live performance or reproduction um, of that song. So if, like, um, and maintaining that um, in studio... All my haka mates, like Meizirika, Choi Kingi, Kaziria, all of us haka babies, we can go for ages in the studio, because that's what you do at Kapak, eh? You go to training at 8 o'clock in the morning, and you sometimes don't finish until midnight. Well, we can do that. We can do that in in studio, too. And it's really funny, because those people who aren't kapahaka babies and aren't used to that, maintaining a high level of focus, and a high high level of stamina to maintain that focus in studio, like you do on a kapahaka practice um, situation, they fall off the waka really, really quick. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so we can be going for hours and hours and hours and still got... Um, 
still got energy to burn because of kapahaka, and we watch all of our mates fall off the waka. So, you know, that's another thing that, um, that kapahaka gives you, discipline, stamina, focus, drive, and the ability to be fearless when you dive into uh, the fibres of your song and begin to perform them every second that you're a part of that song. Mm. Fantastic, Rob. Did you have a break at the last matatini, or we sorry, we on stage? <laughs> sorry, I've, I've, I've been having um, uh, lots of breaks. The last time I performed at a matatini was uh, 2013. Rotorua uh, in, in, in Rotorua yes. was with Stefano up and me, and and then since then, you know, we made that break um, to put all of our energy into building a full-time music career, of which now I, I enjoy. Yeah. Um, but although we, we haven't been on the stage, we've, we've definitely um, had our hand in helping mm. um, our, our kapa, Te Whanau of course, but also other kapa, Tawira Maitawhiti, we've been helping them. The other Whanau team down the road, um, they sang a couple of my compositions at the last Makatini. Um, my cousins up in um, Ngātu Manako, um Kawariki Kiawa and um last the last Matatini round asked if I would help write them some songs and yes. so I did. Yes. And, and you know, so even though I haven't been uh, on stage, my my compositions have been on stage uh, and and it's been really awesome not being so tightly associated with the team to be able to give and to share with other Kapaka teams as well. Tēnā koe, Rob Ruha. Love be patient, love be kind. Rhea Hall is also a former kapahaka performer who, like Rob, started performing at college. She eventually stood with Te Wakahuia from the mid-2000s. And as you'll hear, there's lots of things that she's learned throughout kapahaka, things like discipline, being on time, and how things like being timid or shy has no place when you're attending wānanga. But perhaps the biggest lessons of all came from her mentors and tutors, Bub and Nen Wehi. I remember, actually I remember really, really vividly, 1996, I just started Tauranga Girls and I was in the kapa with you know telling boys and girls, um, we had opened the new fari at Aronui that year. We had the Waiariki, then the then Waiariki competitions here at, at the at the Kiwi Two in Tauranga. and I just remember loving everything about being surrounded in things Maori. I found I felt like. I had a true sense of belonging. I was singing my own wayata. I was singing about my, you know, my own histories, own kōrero, and um, it just made me really hugely proud to be Māori. And so, um, I fell in love with kapa from like the age of twelve, and I kind of made it a thing to want to continue doing it and pursuing it. And I remember to Manako Farrell actually. You know, because he was at the time ninety six. I think he was training in in Ponamu, um, which were a um, at the time that was a it was a tertiary um, institution um, that were delivering uh, Maori performing arts. Anyway, so at the time he was in Auckland training, and he would come back and take our singing, and then he would 
kind of start drip feeding information to us about Pinamu and about Manuhuya and about Te Wakahuya. And so at that point in time, my ears were like all in. <laughs> I was listening, man. And he gave like so many gems and so much gold. And um, I slightly became obsessed <laughs> with yes. Te Wakahuya yeah, 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 yeah. because of him. <laughs> and then not long after, he joined, he was in Te Wakahuya, 97, 98, 99, 2000. Um, and I kind of followed suit. He took me along to practices with him when I became a little bit older, um, like my sixth form year, my year 12 year. Um, and then I performed at my first nationals in the year 2000, which it was still um, Aotearoa Traditional Māori Performing Arts Festival then. Yeah. So I performed with Te Manuhuya. Um, yeah, and then um, you know, a few years later I ended up joining Te Wakuhia and... Yeah, it was just a natural progression, really. So, oh, mm. so Manuhuya kind of like the, the stepping stone yeah. to Te Wakahuya. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that's what it was back then. I mean, that's all on equal footing. Yeah, it was just, you know, being a 16-year-old in, in, in the presence of, you know, haka icons, it was a very, <laughs> my eye, my eyeballs were like <laughs> coming out of my head. So, um, you know, notwithstanding the fact that, um, you know, every weekend I was in a, in a space with, with um, Nan and Koro was Ngāpō and Pimiawehi. Um, that was pretty special. Wow, mm. fantastic. So you did a few campaigns, 2002, 2004, went like that? I did 2000, and then I did 2006 into 2007, 2008 into 2009, 2009 into 2010 and 11, then 12 and 13. Oh, so very, kind of recently in the last four, five years. Yeah. So yeah, away from Kapaka. Yeah, and very recently. Of the trajectory of your career, kind yeah, of like f- for the most part. Um, you know, I moved back to Tauranga from Wellington after being there for ten years. Um, in two thousand and fourteen, I moved home, and yeah, it's just it's just been such a busy time with with music and you know life. So, what did Kapahaka teach you? Discipline definitely taught me um, to be. Well, you've got to be quite fearless, eh? You have to have a fearlessness about you, especially if you're rolling with a with a group like Te Wakahuya. You can't kind of turn up and be meek. You have to, well, you're there to, to bring your A-game. And your A-game has brought every single wānanga um, because that's what they ask of you. You know, you, they're, they're there to deliver excellence in Māori performing arts. I mean, that's a mantra of um, Nan and Koro. So um, that's what... That's what everyone does in that team, and um, man, yeah, work ethic. I definitely learnt work ethic. Um, you get out what you put in. Um, I learnt how to um, project <laughs> my voice. Yeah, you have to. You have to. I mean, you ain't you ain't amplified, you know. And that's that's an amazing thing about haka singers and singers that are coming through now that come from haka backgrounds. They totally get that, you know. It's it's something that. Um, you can kind of take for granted when you come into a, a different space, like going from haka scene into a music scene. You you can take it for granted. <laughs> you don't have to sing too loud. I know, I know. And it's that, so it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. you actually, you're, you're really powerful, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, just mainly work ethic and, and projection and just to have a 
a fearlessness about you because you have to when you step into the music scene you have to be fearless you can't come and meek otherwise because kapahaka came first for you eh? first you were, yeah. prof- were kapahaka and then you became a first. professional singer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um but at the same time, you're able to transfer those that skill set from haka into music. Yep. You know, it's it's a easy transfer of that sk- those skills skills into into music, um, composition, singing, um, performance. Mm. Um, you pretty much do exactly the same thing you do in kapaka as you do in the music world. You know, if you're singing a different set of songs and music, and they're all different sets of emotions, you're able to switch. Bang! Two minutes. Yeah. You're able to, you know, switch between items and switch between emotions because you have that experience from haka. So it's pretty cool. Tenakwe Rear Hall. Na Muni Huata is a judge at this year's Tematatini Festival in Wellington. Considered an expert on poi, Na Muni says that the materials and sounds of the poi has changed over time. She's the author of the book The Rhythm and Life of Poi. Yeah, it was through Tim Wittikata. He said, you know, I'll always be thankful about that. But I said, I can't write, but I'll do the best that I can. So I had a, had a Chrissy Papuni from Chuhoi woman that did the scribing. Yeah, she did the scribing. I'll, I'll just write down everything that I know and what I do, the people I come into contact with, uh, the people from home that I interviewed. You know, it was sufficient being brought up in the village and seeing and doing. But looking at our old people at that time, so this is what I do now when I start judging. You know, So you're saying that when you go to judge the poi, you're looking at everything, not just the poi yeah, action. Not just at the poi action. You can say, hanga in a and what? Well, he wait to get the. Te kupu nei neha, so ki a hau nei, koe rā te mea nui, te, te ngākau nui, te manawa, mm. and ko te wairua kei roti i tā mātanga mahi kei rungi. So you're looking mātanga. through the whole spiritual yeah. aspect of a performance. It's because each one either brings themselves into play. The whole body reaction to what you do. So, you know, even in judging there, you know, and I can say that a uh, couple of judges said to me, Aren't you tired? Tired? You can't be tired. You've got no room to be tired because it'll affect your marking. It's only here in the head to me. This is the reason why you judge, you've got to be sharp all the time so that you can guarantee each group that comes up I'm always ready for the next group you understand that because in fairness in the judging you need to be like that tired or heavy has no place in the arena so um, Namoni how long have you been judging competitions um, Poi? Uh, I came out in the year 2000 I had one part there yeah, with Carl Williams and uh, Annie Black because I was next to them but that's when I finished teaching Haka. Then I came back into judging in 2000. That's on this level. When you're judging a point and when you've got your, sh- your mind, you're you know, ready to go and your eyes and all your senses are ready to go, what would make a poi stand out for you? I, I think it's, it's within their corridor. That's the beauty that's why I'm saying you can't afford to be tired. These people give their scripts 
You understand that? And we're, we're lucky. We can get all of their kōrero, all their stories. Okay? And I'll just watch. I'll just watch and say, okay. And then I'll listen. Uh, again, too, when it comes to that area of uh, uh, a performance, even though I can say the feet are out of sync, this is out of sync, that's you let them know that they need to pick up on that. So I don't look for the mistakes as big mistakes. It's just really pikiake. Mm, improvements to make. To improve. You know, each one is on a, a, a par together and you just have a look at their performance wise. But the other thing we have to do too as a judge is if you're going to take up points, you mm. tell them why. They have to know yes, why. Because, yes, yes. you know, I've been in teams too and know some of the judges don't say why they've taken the marks yeah. off. You know, I said that's detrimental to a group. So Namuni, when you were talking about the poi, is it at all make a difference in terms of scoring if you use the long, the short, um, you know, if you have lots and lots of things happening with your poi? Okay, uh, there was a question that was posed, uh, posed to me because I asked uh, Soan Parata, how to kupu Māori with the composites? You're just talking about the long, short and all those? Yes. Like a combination poi. It's whether it gels hangaina kupu. Right, rather than just doing a poi, and because it is a comma, it's a combination poi. I mean, the people can get wowed with it, but you know, you can get wowed with that. Let me see. So that's when I talk about three composites because you can, uh, you can all be doing different actions to a poi to the same tune. So when you line up their words and the tune, it's already in your ear. A tikitinga, te fakarungo. So then I just watch those ones. Doing the poi, hangai na kupu. So then, is some poi when you're watching it unnecessary because it's a bit too showmanship? It's it doesn't match kupu. It's too highly choreographed. Yeah, it all depends on the one who creates uh, creates the actions. Uh, choreography is fine to me. I don't have a problem with that. This is the age, mate, when you can do whatever you want. I thought I think you might as well jump if you want, if that's what it needs. You know, the other thing is giving people an eye for detail for what you're looking at and how you see things. Mm. Really, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a quarter about some of the women that opened their legs. I said, it all depends why they do it. Uh, here in or the old people at my time, you only had five or six queers that did that. Because they they were gestures, gestures, and they knew how to perform. Even those ones that ones without teeth, poke their but tongues out. Yeah, yeah. But I I saw some laughter in that, and they were strong women because they knew what they were doing and they weren't afraid to do it. They weren't afraid to do it. So it all depends on the reason why you do that. But sometimes it's within that kupu anyway. So they make a stance of about. Strong women at the time, maybe. Most times that's what they do, but there are other times they can be model of perfection or ladylike mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. So there are changes, so you've got to watch the changes. 
where they can be beautiful to watch or whether they can use another element of movement to show another part of themselves. Kia ora, nga moni huata, poi expert and judge at this year's Te Matatini in Wellington. He mihia no tēnei kia Rob Ruha rāua ko Ria Hall, who also shared their experiences about kapahaka. Koe nā te hōtaka mō tēnei wā, that's Te Ahikā for another week. Join me next Sunday just after the 6 o'clock news. In the meantime, you can, of course, check out the web page, www.rnz.co.nz forward slash Te Ahikā, or you can also download the show via the podcast at iTunes or Spotify. Hoki mai ate wiki e tu mai nei mauri tu mauri ora. Tini, give me all. Oh, 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 o